How does a boring old pastor follow that up? I'll tell you right now, I'm just going to give you the Word of God. So we'll just start with that. Um, I want to read to you an invitation from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this happened many years after the birth of Christ, but it was the whole purpose for Him coming. And uh, it's from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time together, and we're so glad to be here in your house worshiping you this evening, Lord, celebrating your birth and the wonderful gift of life that you've given to us through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you've given to us, the, the penalty that you paid for us on that cross, the hope of the resurrection, and of course, eternal peace with you. Lord, now as we come before you, I pray that you might encourage hearts tonight. Lord, may we all leave here rejoicing for the wonderful gift of our Savior. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, December, 5th, tw- December 25th, Christmas Day, 1914 was probably one of the worst events for world leaders and generals and all those uh, that conduct warfare and lead men into warfare. You see something happen that they thought was quite atrocious and should never ever happen again in the history of man. But of course, for the men in the battlefield, it was a rare kind of miracle that happened. You see thousands of British, Belgian, and French soldiers put down their weapons, and began mingling with their German enemies along the Western Front. It all started, though, on Christmas Eve. The oral accounts vary, and it seems that it took place in various places along the Western Front, front, but carols, simple Christmas carols, just like what we sing tonight, began being sung to each other from trench to trench, Grant Williams of the 5th London Rifle Brigade uh, wrote this. First, the Germans would sing one of their carols. Then we would sing one of ours. Until when we started up, O Come All Ye Faithful, the Germans immediately joined in singing the same hymn to the Latin words, Adeste Fidelis. And I thought, well, this is really a most extraordinary thing. Two nations both singing the same carol in the middle of the war. That was quite an extraordinary thing. But what was to come next was even more extraordinary. You see, when the sun rose up on Christmas morning, German soldiers arose from their trenches and approached the Allies with, Merry Christmas, we no shoot, you no shoot. The Allies slowly came out of their trenches and shook hands with the enemy soldiers They exchanged cigarettes, plum pudding, and other gifts. German Lieutenant Kurt Zimich, I can't say it, recalled how marvelously, wonderful, yet how strange it was. The English officers felt the same way about it. Thus, Thus Christmas, the celebration of love, managed to bring mortal enemies together as friends for a time. That's what Christmas is all about. 
It's all about peace. It's all about love and charity. And of course, ultimately, it's not just about us having peace with one another or love and charity for another, but it's really about God's peace with man and God's love and charity toward us. That's what makes Christmas Christmas. And, and we know that uh, Christmas is a wonderful time to remember God's gift for all mankind. It, it, in fact, it's, the, the, uh, it's God making peace with us through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, there were definitely some who were unhappy with this peace. In fact, uh, there were some great critics, and one of them being a German corporal from the 16th Bavarian uh, Army. And this is what he said, such a thing should not happen in wartime. Uh, Adolf Hitler remarked, have you no German sense of honor? Yeah, there's always enemies to peace, and there's always those who want warfare. There's always those that desire for peace to flee. They desire that Christ would just be written away with uh, history. Christmas was an amazing, incredible gift from God. And this morning, this evening, sorry, we're in this evening, as we all are here tonight celebrating this gift of God, I want to encourage you with this beautiful passage from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. As Jesus beckons all who are burdened, come to me, he says, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now just think for a moment about that statement, come to me, it's an invitation, Christ invites. It's, it's the dinner bell ringing for the time is ready. It's a, a, a wonderful, come here to me. It's, it's a, a calling. You notice it's not a command. It's not Jesus saying, you come here now like our parents do when we're in trouble. Uh, for children, hopefully if you're an adult, you don't still have your parents calling you. But, but it's, it's not a command. It's a, a calling, an invitation to come. And, and, and notice that Jesus did not say, do this or don't do that, then come to me. No, he invites those who, are, are, uh, those who labor and are heavy laden to come. Jesus didn't say, come to a church. He didn't say, come to a creed. He didn't even say, come to a denomination or, uh, or to anything other than come to me, to, to Jesus Christ, come to himself. That is the invitation. And I'll tell you right now, if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, if you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have personal contact, as Oswald's chamber said, personal contact with Jesus alters everything. And oh, yes, it does. It alters everything in our lives. It changes so many things in our lives. It restores relationships. It puts peace in our lives. And more than anything, it gives us peace with our creator and a hope of an eternal future forgiveness of sins and a clean conscience. But, but it's interesting that this invitation is a little bit restrictive. I mean, we're, we are thankful that all come to me is a, a general invitation, but there is a restrictiveness to this. But it's not what you would think. Like I said earlier, it's not restrictive to come to me, all you who are good and doing well, or only come to me, those, those who are keeping the law. But, but it, the, where it gets restrictive is, Come to me, all those who labor and are heavy laden. So essentially, if you're not laboring and you're not heavy laden, maybe the invitation's not for you. 
maybe it's not really to you. Let me explain for a minute. See, Jesus is not talking about our general labor and our general burdens. I mean, every day we go through the rat race of life. We get up, we go to work, we do all these things. We have chores we have to do. We all know that. That's not what Jesus is calling you to, to come to him for rest from. This is, a, this is the labor of life in a sinful world. This is the labor, of the, bur- the labor from the burden of sin that, that we all have to deal with. In fact, when it says heavy laden, essentially what, the, what it's telling us is that somebody dropped such a heavy and great burden upon you that you cannot bear up under it. It's crushing you, this burden that's upon you. Now, you and I can kind of imagine this happening. We can imagine an, an oxen being so laden heavy that, that, that the task is so great, the yoke is so, so massive and uncomfortable that as that ox tries to pull that cart, it's, it's almost stumbling under it's the weight of the, the task that's been laden with. And it's hard for us to understand that because I don't have an ox in my backyard and I'm pretty sure you don't either. But I have a Ford F-150 and I have loaded that down. And there have been times that I've been almost scraping the bumper, wondering if it was going to make it. And it doesn't really work for an illustration because it was built Ford tough. No, anyway. <laughs> so, no, but in all seriousness, we're talking about a burden so great that it's just been laid upon us. It's the type of burdens that think that we have no hope. It's the type of burden that, that makes us think that there is no future for us. It's the type of burden that makes us ask the questions of what is the purpose of life? Why are we here? And Jesus is that answer that says, come to me, all you who labor. Come to me, all those who are broken, those who are weary. I mean, it's the call to the prodigal who has wandered away and is there among the pigs and crying out, oh God, what did I do? I'm, I'm eating, my, my father's servants are eating better than me. It's, it's the cry of the publican, that tax collector that was there in the temple who beat his chest and said, God, forgive me, a sinner. That's, that's the, the invitation. It's for those who are broken, those who are needy of a, of a, and are spiritually exhausted of the, by the burden of sin. Those, that's the invitation, come to me. Well, Jesus alone is the answer. He gives rest for the soul. Look at verse 29. It says, uh, I, I think I forgot to put the notes up here, sorry. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you. Now, when we think about a yoke, I mean, honestly, there's no good picture when we think about a yoke on a person. When, when we consider a yoke on a person, we can't help but think of, of someone being burdened to do some sort of slave labor, so that they're, they're being mastered by somebody that's abusive, that, that's putting down upon them a burden they can't bear. And so when Jesus offers his yoke, it's different. In fact, we'll find that more about his yoke in a little bit. But, but he's offering a different yoke. He's asking you to give up your burdens and the things you're heavy laden with and say, take and come learn from me. Now, it's interesting that, that Matthew 1, 23 tells us, behold, when, when Joseph is being told about uh, that, that uh, his wife will bear a son and being a virgin, he says, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is translated God with us. You see, that's why Jesus 
can handle the task of your yoke, of your heavy laden burdens, of of the the weariness of sin in your life because he's God. He's God come down. God to come to take your sin away. And, and not only is he say, take my yoke and learn from me. Come to me and learn from me. Learn a different way of life. You know, so often in this world, we, we start searching and there's all sorts of things we look to for hope. I mean, just consider some of the things that we might look to for hope. And sometimes it's the next newest, latest, greatest thing. Uh, uh, well, if I only had that new car, if I only had the new, new house, if I only had a new spouse, if I, if I only had a new series on Netflix to watch, I've read out of all of them, you know, just zone in and zone out, right? That, like that, that's just kind of the things that we look to. If only there was another vaccine to save me, if there only there was another whatever, 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 we're always looking for the next newest, latest, greatest thing that'll fill the gap in our lives. And here we see, learn from Jesus. Just learn from him. It's a new way. It's a different way. It's God's way. And he says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Imagine that. God come down. Of all the things that he could say, he says, I am gentle and lowly in heart. How different Jesus is from the rulers of this world. How different he is from the dictators and those things. This invitation to come to him and this invitation for a gentle Savior and a humble Savior and you will find rest for your souls. I, I don't know about you, but uh, the term rest for your souls, when I think about the Christmas season and getting around to stores and the traffic and all that, you know, you're always praying, Lord, I, I know you're teaching me patience right now, but I, I got to get through this parking lot, you know. Um, but uh, when we think about uh, the rest, you know, and, and taking rest, we tend to think of just, I'm tired, I need a day off, but we're talking about spiritual rest here. Rest for our souls. This is a spiritual issue. I read about a band of explorers in Africa who hired some villagers to help them on their journey through the jungle. And the group set out and pushed relentlessly for several days. And finally, the tribesmen just sat down and would go no farther. And when the explorers asked for the reason, their leader answered, we've been going too fast. We must pause and wait for our souls to catch up with our bodies. <laughs> now, sometimes we feel that way for sure. We just feel like we've been going too fast and we gotta wait. But see, this type of rest is an eternal rest in Jesus Christ. I mean, we're still gonna deal with the carnal things of this life, but ultimately, we have an eternal rest in our souls because we have peace with God. We're no longer contending for favor. We've been given favor. We're no longer trying to earn something We've just been given it. We're starting at the finish line. It's amazing what Jesus Christ offers to us. You know, I think we've come to almost believe that peace is an idea, but not really possible. I mean, we used to used to see interviews with people when they'd win something, uh, or, or you know, what what do you want? What's your desire? World peace, right? Nobody ever says that anymore because they think of it more as an idea that's unattainable. Listen, peace is actually a state of being. And when we have peace with God, it means we rest from our enemies. In fact, that was at the birth announcement of Jesus. When the angels heralded the birth of Jesus to the shepherds, we were told that they say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. God offers you peace through his son, our savior, Jesus Christ. That's the rest 
resting from your enemies, resting from Satan, who, who seeks to destroy, resting from all the burdens of sin. That's what we find in Jesus Christ. Well, Jesus is a new and living way. And I want to just close with this last part of the verse, Matthew eleven thirty 30 says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, like I said before, when we think about a yoke on a human, we think of really a pretty grotesque picture of someone being burdened by someone who's a, a slave master, someone who's abusive. And, and certainly when Jesus says, my yoke is easy, he's not saying I'm here to burden you. Actually, he's just following the same illustration of the yoke that you're under, the bondage that you're under in sin, and saying, no, no, I, my yoke is totally different. You're going to put my yoke on, and you're going to feel comfortable. It's going to fit right. It's not going to be burdensome. It's, it, it's going to feel just right, and my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Well, it's kind of a contradiction, isn't it? A burden and being light. When we think of a burden, we think of something heavy, and that's the whole point. Jesus contradicts everything in our sinful world. He's the opposite of everything we've ever known. And we merely need to come to him. Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, Zechariah prophesies in Luke chapter 1. For he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us. Jesus is the redeemer. He's the horn of salvation And if you've gotten anything from tonight's message, it's that it's not about you working to be good enough. It's about you coming to him, coming to Jesus to know him. It's about you having, uh, coming before him and getting to know him and being forgiven of your sin. Not coming to a church, not coming to a creed, a denomination, or any religious tradition, just coming to Jesus. Let's pray, shall we? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again. We give you thanks for this day. We thank you that we can come to you and celebrate our son, your son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you that you take away our burdens. And if you're in this room tonight and you haven't received the Lord Jesus Christ, you you haven't come to him. You're the, the tax collector that says, oh God, have mercy on me. You just pray that prayer, Lord, Lord, I, I'm ready to come. Forgive me of my sin. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your love. We thank you that you've died for us, that you came that we might be forgiven. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.